What drives the creative entrepreneur? If you are a business owner, what is it that fuels you to go to the lengths required to do what you do? You know, I'm going to borrow a quote from Tim Thompson here, who you will hear his name quite a few times in this episode. It comes back to a desire for fame or fortune or freedom. Yes, there's a desire to produce work that stands out, gets noticed, makes an impact in the world. That's the fame thing, okay? Maybe you want to simply earn a living and be successful and make money, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fortune. Then there's this elusive thing of living life on your own terms, and being a creative person is a means to that end, meaning freedom. Well, today, my guest on the podcast is Marcel Ziel, founder and executive creative director at State Design, based in Los Angeles. Marcel and I go back quite a ways. He is one of my crazy Brazilian friends, and I love this guy. I think it was 15 years ago that he sent me an email out of the blue, which he read that email to me recently, (laughs) from when he was freelancing and he was interested in working for me while I was running my studio, Impossible Pictures. Oh, the irony. Yeah, my man, it's been 15 years since I sent you my first email. And I would never guess that we would be talking about all this crazy stuff that we always talk about in this industry. I found an email from May 16, 2007, where I said, hello, my name is Marcel. I'm a motion designer from Brazil looking for a position with a career growth potential. I think it's a great start. I saw your post on Motionographer website, and I would love to show you my work. My resume is attached below, and feel free to check out my reel at marcel.art.br. I do not have the website anymore. Do not hesitate to contact me if I can send you all my projects through a DVD. If you need any further information, please let me know. Best wishes, Marcel. Over the years, we got to know each other. We both spoke at a conference. We became friends. At that time, he was just starting his studio, State Design. And years later, I exited mine. But his went on to become what it is today and has created quite a name in the industry, frankly. They work with names like Apple, Google. But if you go and look at their portfolio, you'll see more than anything, what stands out is a point of view. Now, the story you're going to hear from Marcel today is interesting because you'll learn whether it's fame or fortune or freedom that drives him. But maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something at times in our careers as an owner, we're driven by darkness. Maybe there are things that fuel us that are not always positive. They can create a positive outcome ultimately, but it's part of our journey to understand what really moves us, drives us motivates us to do what we do. This story is a very personal one, a very intimate one. And I appreciate Marcel not only going deep and honest, but even putting me in the hot seat and asking me about my journey. It's my honor to call him a friend and your privilege to hear this conversation here on The Fabulist. Dude, you're awesome. I'm so excited this is actually happening. You look so great. Dude, you look well, man. 
what's right now on your brain? <laughs> like, what's your big, maybe priority aside from the projects that are going on? I should go back a little bit, like a year ago, okay? So a year ago, state is going well. You know, like we're getting projects, clients. I, I even think that sometimes I play, uh, I, I make a joke with my creative directors. I'm like, dude, you guys are doing projects for Apple, for Google. What's next? Like doing motion graphics for God? You know, like <laughs> what the hell? Like, there's nothing bigger than this. This is as big as it gets. Right. Like, you mean you're it. like, we're living the dream. So I don't know what, how, if the dream gets any better, somebody yeah. tell me how, right? So a year ago, I start thinking, I'm like, okay, so this is my life. Okay. So I wake up in the morning. And then I crank out projects and then send invoices. And yeah, everything is, is going well. <laughs> but then it was no. It was like, no, 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 no. We got to rethink this. And then I was chatting with Tim Thompson. And then Tim said to me, dude, if you really want different results, you have to do different things. Right. Meaning you have to rethink of your staff. Like, you got to take a look at the leadership. And it was so hard for me because, you know, I was working with my best friend and he's my executive producer. And I can never imagine running a company without him. I was like, dude, how can I run the company without my best friend? It's impossible, right? Mm -hmm. And then Tim goes, you got to do it because this, this, and this. We got to change that because, you know, Alex needs a new challenge. And you need a new challenge and let's go. And with that, I was doing therapy for myself. You know, every Saturday, religiously, I would get into this room, talk to my therapist. Oh my God, I got to work on state. I got to work on state. You know, like get a, on a, a one hour meeting with the therapist and I was just talking about state. Okay, long story short, Alex is gone. I love him to death. He's my best friend still. And then we bring in another EP. And then I was feeling that we were changing state and then it changed, change, 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 change the head of production, change, hire another EP, hire this, and then state's getting better. And then at some point I go on a meeting with the whole company. I say, this is the best version of the studio because I was feeling it. Hmm. And then I keep, I kept doing therapy. And then at some point state was fixed. We're getting tons of work. We're turning down like, you know, projects and we're just rocking and then i get into therapy i'm like okay uh state and he goes yeah the fix is not on the business fix is on you so i start feeling like you know like digging deeper to my feelings because when i was doing when i was building state i had to ignore all my feelings, personal feelings, hmm. all of that. I went to the mode of survival. I was like, dude, get all my power, put that towards business and rock it. And I was on a mission. Like no one could ever beat me. I was like, dude, if I had to work 16 hours, I'll work 16 hours. For seven months straight, I would do seven months straight. 24 hours, I'm not going to lose any fucking pitch. If you're pitching against state, I'll send you a roll of t like a paper t-shirt because you're gonna cry i'll crush you you know i'm on this on that mode but look how dangerous this is right yeah i was going full-on business mode 
Well, like you said before, setting the pace, right? You remember that phrase? Yeah, yeah, setting the pace, rah, crazy. And I ignored all my personal feelings. I shut it down because I had to, right? And then I started working on the personal feelings because I was like on the therapy. I'm like, okay, I ran out of subjects here with you for the business. He's like, yeah, because that was never about the business. It was about you. You were talking about the business because you wanted, but it was all about you. And then I started digging deeper into that. And then a couple months ago, I had this thing called catharsis, which is like, I got to a point of my feelings that I, I was about to get really depressed. And, and why? I mean, I'm because I'm thinking, if I'm hearing this story, I'm saying state is, has gone through this transformation. You've fixed all these things. So that's yeah. now good. And now you can turn your energy to working on yourself. So I would think this is when everything is good. Your business is good and life is about to get good. But no. Yeah. No, because I was ignoring Marcel, the individual. I was ignoring me as a person to put all that energy into the business. Was it worth? Yeah, it's worthy. You know, like, of course, it's amazing. But the price that I was paying is too big. I, I can even mention like things to you. Like sometimes you would text me, hey, man, let's go get dinner. And I couldn't respond to you because I wouldn't allow myself to take a moment from my life to go get dinner with a friend. Right. I was like, it, it felt to me that I was cheating. You know, like, oh, if I go have fun with Joel, it's cheating. I'm not on it, you know? Or if I go like see the Lakers game with, the, with my neighbor who bought a ticket for me for my birthday, I did not go. He's like, dude, I got you a ticket. I'm like, I'm not going. Because I got to work. I got to do my things. And I was ignoring me. So then I took my kid to a dino expo. And I was watching my kid walking around. <laughs> and I saw myself as a kid. I was like, fuck, man. I don't think I remember me like having someone watching me as like this kid or... I don't remember me having this fun with an expo or with friends or with my family. I'm, I just suck so bad right now. So I said, I'm going to go to Brazil, you know, I'm going to go back home and I'll visit all the spots that I've been as a kid to just make those as like, these are just places now. Like all my memories should stay here because I, I'm ready for new memories and I'm ready to build mm. this new Marcel, right? So I went to this, the, the house I grew up, I took photos. I went to like my first job, you know, took photos. I went to high school. I went to the house that my parents divorced. I went to like where my dad used to have a business. I went to all these places and I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I get back in the airplane and I said, I remember when this door closes, all my feelings and memories will stay here. I'm not carrying them anymore because I'm ready to build the new Marcel. So I'm in the airplane. I see this freaking door closing. I felt the most peaceful thing ever. I see the airplane taking off and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to, to build the next you know, set of memories for myself. It's crazy. I know it's a lot to digest in like 
five minutes of conversation. But it felt so good. So that's where I am. You said, what's the right now? The right now is this brain reset, ready for the new batch of like things. Well, dude, I mean, obviously you and I have known each other a long time and we're friends. So I'm, I've been on the inside of some of this. So it's, it's, it's difficult for me not to be emotional, right? I'm trying to be the, the staunch journalist right here and, and just ask questions, but I'm feeling what you're feeling, right? Because I've also lived that life to an extent and remember what that's like. And you said something that I thought was so interesting when you said you were watching your son at the playground and you felt like taking the time to do that or to going to the basketball game, I would be cheating on the business. Is, is that the way you said it? Yeah, it's like it's cheating on that Marcel. You know, the Marcel who was like on it. Right. Who is like really paying, like, you know, focused and paying attention, knowing everything in the business, the micromanager, Marcel, right? Sure. Is it almost that classic, all great art is born out of pain? Because when I think of state and the body of work and the vibe, the personality, there is that sort of aggressive in your face, you know, when I think of your face and I think of, I don't know, the different pieces that I've seen you get behind and drive, there's this, ah, sort of like, yeah. I'm going to push and, and there's almost this, yeah, anger behind it, propelling it. Is that, that, is that where that comes from? Yeah, I, I think I was able to transform the pain into like a positive message. Like, for example, clients now can see the value of that message, right? Like they come to, like people come to state because of state. They're like, hey, we're, they reference our own work. They don't come here with like references from other studios. It's more like, hey, we love this, what you guys have done. Can you do this for me? So, which is amazing, right? So, but yes, it was a very painful process of building that. I didn't know, honestly. It took me forever to understand that I built the business out of a, you know, a painful place. One of the exercises that the therapist did to me is like, hey, draw yourself. Mm. And I drew myself like without knowing. It was like, you know, he puts a, fre a frequency to you and you just focus and then you paint. I drew a cave and I was in there by myself wow. with like a stick, like come over here and I'll punch you, like feeling all that pain. So it came from a painful place, you know, and it all feels like very sad. It's not sad. It's, it's kind of cool. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, it's really cool. The process of getting there. I think this process to me of now self discovering the new Marcel without all that weight, it's terrifying. And it's terrifying because you don't know. You're just like, you don't know how you're going to react at things. You're like, you jump on a meeting. Hey, we have a problem. The old Marcel it's, can be very angry. Oh, fuck. God damn it. We got to figure this out. Blah, 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 blah. Now I'm like, sure. What do you guys think? Because <laughs> I don't know. Right. You're dropping the old pattern, right? The old response pattern. You don't follow that anymore. And that's exciting. 
during some of these dark times when that anger got the better of you or the resulting overwork, overload, overstress, I can't have fun because that would be cheating on the setting the pace version of mm-hmm. Marcel. Were those times ever so dark that you considered giving up? Every day. If you're a business owner right now, stay with me. You think about quitting every day. It's insane. It wears you out. It's the nonstop pressure. And you know this. You've been in this position. You wrap a project with Liverpool, and then you're jumping to a project with another client, and then you have another one, and it's like another one. And then it's like, you're like, where does this end? You know, I stopped sabotaging myself. I don't do that anymore. So my biggest question now is, okay, I can run state for 10, 15 years. And then what? And then I have a portfolio? No. You know, I have experience. Sure. But how do you leverage that? How can you transform that? All that knowledge? Because to me, it's like, am I, are we making money? Like, Business owners, sure, we are working and then we're working towards profit and, you know, getting our salaries. We're trying to build our lives and build retirement. But also, I cannot stop learning stuff. I have to be learning stuff all the time, all the time. It's like, hey, the formulas I used to do two years ago on my pitches, they're not working anymore. I need to evolve. I need to listen to your podcast. I need to listen to someone saying like, you know, talking when you guys are talking about pitches or I need to go after knowledge. It's a 15 year MBA. But now when I graduate, how do I leverage that? Well, do you want me to give you my answer? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a known, I have documents and documents thinking like, how do I leverage all that knowledge? Well, I'll tell you what my partner and you know Tim Thompson quite well uh, as well. What he started teaching me as he was discovering it was this idea of, of course, you should take everything that you have learned and mastered in your career. And this is all your connections and your wisdom and your experience and expertise and all that and convert it. Mm-hmm. But as you convert it into what, I think the opportunity is, first of all, community. Mm-hmm. right? It's somehow, how do I take that and give it away to a much larger world of people that can benefit from it? And that leads to something in the next stage, which is influence. And you hear Tim talk about that all the time. Like that's ultimately, I think the game that we're, we're all in, we tend to see it all through the lens of being a business owner, But the business is just a chapter of a much larger thing called your career and a much larger Mm -hmm. thing called your life. (laughs) Yeah, I was chatting with with Tim about the four stages, right? Mm -hmm. And I asked him, I'm like, who's on the fourth stage? (laughs) Yeah. Because I want to hear this person talk. It's a short list. Yeah, it's a very short list. (laughs) And then he started giving me names like, you know, he threw uh, Bill Gates. It's like, Bill Gates is in the fourth stage. It's building that influence and it's building the, the way that we can leverage that. It's non-traditional. I don't think about retirement, by the way, but I still want to do stuff for the world or for people and to keep it going, you know? 
And, and I think influence is, is one of the things. I think so. I think about that every day. And every once in a while, I catch myself thinking of you, thinking about the change of career that you made, hmm. you know, in, I think it's in 2014 or 2013, right? Yeah. Yep. 14. And I remember exactly where I was when I, when I listened to the first RevThink podcast. You and Tim in New York, Pro Max, you guys recorded. Hey, we don't even know what we're doing, but yeah, let's, this is a, something. Tim, let's talk about it. I remember walking my dog in Westchester here in LA at like 11 o'clock at night. And every time was like a 15 minute walk with the dog. And that day was like an hour of me walking the dog because I was like listening to you guys. And now we fast forward eight years after the first podcast. What do you say about your career? Because I think I think what you do is like what you and Tim, you guys do is fascinating. And I'm not ass kissing you guys. I think it's fascinating from a perspective that you're helping people like me or people like, you know, studio owners to, to grow their business or even to think about their lives. What's that journey like for you eight years after that first podcast? So when you look back, you're like, oh my God, do you remember or... Are you, is this like a nice journey? What, what is it? I'm, I'm just curious. Dude. Well, I, first of all, I remember being at the peninsula when Tim and I recorded that episode in New York. And it's wild to think that you remember hearing it for the first time. That's a great honor for me. But I mean, I'll say this, the years that I ran my business, right? Very much like you, I could, you know, I was just so in it. I loved it. And I was mm -hmm. present for most of it. So I appreciated it. And when it came time to close that chapter, I remember vividly when I was struggling because that transition of my identity that had been so wrapped up in that business was no longer there. And my reputation was fading. My relevance in the industry was fading. And I was very unhappy. And I was trying to figure out what to do next even though I knew it was right to close that chapter. And Tim said something exciting to me. He, he propositioned me basically, because he had been my consultant. So he knew the final year or two of my story there. And he said, Joel, don't go start another studio. And I laughed because at the time I said, what do you mean? Wait, how did you know? Because <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to do. He said, no, you need to take all this knowledge and your connections and your experience and the expertise and everything and use it to help a hundred companies, not just your one company. In fact, maybe you could help the entire industry. And my thought was, that's a really cool story. I would like to play a part in that story. And it gave me this crazy idea of maybe I could, maybe I could. And now after eight years, it's really strange and surreal because I'm actually enjoying, it's more fulfilling, it's more fun, it's more satisfying what I'm doing now than what I was doing when I ran my studio, even though that was really amazing. It's also healthier, <laughs> right? Which you can somewhat relate because I never got to that second chapter like you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, push, 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 push. And then it kind of, 
fizzled and it was time to close that chapter and, and exit. But I mean, that's my short answer. If you want me to expand on something that I've said, but I mean, that's, that's the nutshell of it. Yeah. But I want to, I wanted to expand of like, what is the feeling? Because now you have a case of companies or people that you helped, you know, over the, the years and what's the, so now to you, it's like, what's, because if that journey is, feels great, what's the next like eight years for Joe look like, you know, like, are you enjoying this? What's your, where do you find that fire, you know, like to keep it going and to keep developing things or consulting? Because dude, people might think that your job is easy. Like as a consultant, <laughs> it's crazy difficult. I imagine because it's like, you can, you can stay within the same kind of like, you can develop something like, like a, a, a like a Joe Bilger, like, you know, method and live off that for a few years. But then it's like, it becomes old news. It's like, Hey, you have to keep finding new answers and talking to people and going to conferences, bro. It's, it might sound very sexy for the first couple of years, but try to do that for eight years, traveling like crazy here and there, talking to people, going to London, doing dinners in LA, New York, Denver, talking to Mitch Monson, calling Marcel, not answering. You know, like it sucks, dude. It's complicated. You know, so what is it? The heart of it is this. I've all, like the creative entrepreneurs are my people, right? Like you are part of my tribe. I was you. And now I have this very unusual opportunity to vicariously experience joy and heartbreak and everything that you're going through, right? From a, from a distance, right? And in a way I get to see you and the people that worked for me that are now, they've all launched studios and production companies. And if they are succeeding in ways that I was not able to, because I've been able to give them my perspective, I'm continuing to learn, like you said, constantly. Like, that's the crazy thing. I'm learning more now than I've ever learned. The pace at which I'm learning is actually accelerating, which at times is, is overwhelming. But for me, it's the thrill of helping enable someone to do that thing at the level or in a more pure, honest, beautiful way or something that I was never able to achieve. And I get to experience that through them. And I also don't have... 30 employees working for me that are, <laughs> you know, there was always drama and responsibility and burden with that. I don't miss that. I miss the people, right? But I don't miss all those burdens. So for me, it's all about that vicariously, you know, it's like a little bit like, you know, you have kids, right? You're experiencing this. And I experienced this in my daughter. That There's never a day that it's not thrilling and exciting to invest in your kid and give them what you didn't have or watch them experience something at a different level that you were never able to experience. And therefore you are experiencing it. So you're, you're feeling that way with the companies that you work today. Yeah. It just happened yesterday. I was on in this conversation with a studio in Singapore and the owner is going through this whole, like a Marcel moment, you know, I'm in crisis and this isn't going to work and the client that and the budget so on forth. And we talk it all through and I try and shift his mindset and go, dude, you're looking at this the wrong way. And then he texts me this morning and he's like, 
dude, you have no idea what just happened. And it's the most amazing, beautiful thing. And I just think, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> that that yeah. is really cool. Because I feel like, and also, do you see yourself doing stuff that you never done to your company? Like, for example, positioning. You're like, if I've done the positioning at Impossible in 2010, it would be a freaking, like, amazing. Like, I missed that opportunity of doing that. Because now you're like, you can tell, like, all the stuff that you missed. And then you're like, I had the chance to do it. I did not do it. Now I'm telling you to do because it's the thing, you know, like oh, planning, trust me. whatever. Like everything I did when I ran my company feels like it feels like it was grade school. And now I feel like I'm learning master's and graduate level or a doctorate level things and, and helping put those in place at companies these days. Because, yeah, positioning, the whole factors method and the things that we do with the splits and the roll up that I never mastered any of that. Right. The. All the, yeah, the, all the sales and all the marketing things, the production things. Ah, yeah. It kills me because I think you're right. If I knew back then what I know now, woo, you know, I'd be competing head to head with you and probably kicking your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, you, if you would be pitching against me, it would be hard. <laughs> but you know what? I, I got to say about this pitching thing was so incredible. Even if they wanted to edit this and put it back there, like, one th another thing that like really messed with me was the fact that when I was in the middle of the hurricane of changing state like crazy, I lost five pitches in a row. Oh, like five back to back, like five weeks of getting five no's. No, 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 no. And you know what I did? I got my laptop. I copied the five pitches on my laptop and I called four creative directors, including competitors. And I said, I need help. Can you meet with me for lunch? And they're like, sure. So I went to see the first guy, competitor. He was competing one of the pitches. I was like, dude, check my pitch, please. Because you know what, Joe? Like, a lot of people think of competitors like enemies. I think they are like my, they're like my alias. You know, I love them because, dude, I honestly think that one day I'm going to be working with PJ. It, it might sound really weird. I'm not saying that this is PJ, by the way. I'm just saying like, I think <laughs> that I'll be working with PJ. I want to work with Ryan. You know, I want to work with these guys. They are the reason why I push myself every day. Yeah, right. They're inspiring. Yeah. It's like, dude, I want to work with them. So I go and I said, listen, I want to show you my pitch. By the way, you want the other one. Check this out. Like, this is the one you want. And this is what I presented. Tell me what's wrong here. It's not that I want to win every pitch. Don't, don't get me wrong. I just want to know what am I doing that it's wrong. But I get very vulnerable, right? I had to like really, because it's, it, it's crazy to, to just like show your pitches to your competitor and say, bro, you kicked my ass. Teach me here, please. Because yes. I need to learn. <laughs> and how did, they, how did they respond? They showed me their pitches. Whoa. <laughs> We're like, hey, let me see yours. Let's compare <laughs> what I did here. Oh, shit. 
the answers that I got was, I don't, I don't really think it was a creative thing. I made one modification to my pitch that it was key. If you're pitching, the biggest mistake you can, you can do on your pitch is when you try to answer all the questions. Okay, I, I'm tracking with you because... Because the client wants to be part of the process. Right. When you try to answer everything, you suck at it. And then if you're trying to solve a problem that you're not supposed to solve everything, it's like, this can be cool. Can you be part of this? Come dance with me. It's not that I'm going to dance and you're going to be watching me dance. No. Which kind of restaurant do you like? Do you like a restaurant that has 10 items on the menu or do you like Cheesecake Factory? Right. That's, that's freaking 40-page menu, right? I go to the Cheesecake Factory when I don't have the option. Like, you know, I'm like, I have no option. I'll go here, whatever. I know that they're going to give me something that it's going to taste okay. Right. I'm not going to be disappointed by Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> but I'm not going to be talking about the dish that I had at Cheesecake Factory to all my friends because it's lame. But if I go to a place... In Santa Monica, they have 10 dish, and I'm like, okay, I ordered this dish, and it's fucking cool. You got to go there. It's amazing. It's this thing. It's, I think it's, there's more curation there because you think that a chef that will do a 10-item menu, that guy is study every ingredient and the combination. He's paying attention to his menu. It's not like, hey, let's do thousand items here like you know you do this you do that it's gonna taste okay we don't we're not trying to like you know win awards for our dishes it's just like it's massive i'm i am more connected to the 10 you know uh, items menu than like the 10 you know that a thousand items menu yeah because i would guess that there are some clients that would say actually i really like the having all the options but i bet the kind of people you have built relationships with and that you have share a mutual trust, they probably are more aligned with your point of view, is my guess. They want, yeah, because they want to, po- that's exactly, they want the point of view. Yeah. They don't want to like the massive scale, whatever. And I think that's like, you know, like the, the I would call the first generation of studios, they used to do that because that's the only way they, they knew how to do business, like for quantity. I can go with an 80-page deck and then everyone's going to get impressed by me and then they're going to give me the job. But now that people are more educated about what we do, I think point of view is very interesting you know, and important. Yeah, it's not a point of view. It can't, like a point of view never takes 80 pages to express. No. In the, the old Mark Twain quote, right? I would, sorry, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But exactly. So to me, it's like, and honestly, I'm talking about pitches here, but I believe in like a point of view. For example, when I send like a deck to a client who has a project with my point of view, it helps the client to understand what we're thinking. And then when we engage, everyone knows where we're going. Because there's a whole discovery and dance that has to happen as you figure out what's the real problem, right? That we're solving as opposed to maybe when you're 
three-fourths of the way through the project, and all of a sudden the client is confused, you're confused. What was the problem we were solving? I don't know. Yeah, and it's it can get complicated. So you don't wanna you don't wanna get there. You know, like it's it's uh but again, I wanted to encourage business owners, like especially this new generation of studios, to change that mentality. It's like you don't have to send an 80 pages deck. You don't. And once you set that pace, that client will want 80 pages deck from you all the time and you cannot sustain. <laughs> right. Don't just don't do it. It's 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 not, it's it's almost impossible to keep keep it up, you know, with that. Yeah. Do you have a sense right now of like the legacy that you've built or maybe where someday in the future when you're going to be looking back on this season of your life and saying, wow, this is what state was all about. This is what was actually happening when I, when I showed up and I was present and I wasn't missing it. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think I start having a full understanding of that when I accept what state is. Because until that point, I was trying to fight only, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be in this box. I don't want to do that. And then at some point, I'm like, no, this is exactly who we are. I don't need to like, you know, we don't need to dress up for everything. We're, we have this, this is us, you know, like we can show up like this. We can position ourselves like this in, in that process of discovering who we are and accepting it. That was like huge. So now I can look back and say, oh, I can see. I can, dude, I can see studios today, even though that I don't want to claim stuff, but I see studios today that I'm like, okay, you guys are inspired by us. I can tell. Yeah, of course. You know, like I can tell it's fine, you know, but it, to me, it's amazing. I'm like, oh, we did something cool. You know, like I've seen lots of like projects. I'm like, hmm, I know where the inspiration came from. Did I get mad? No, I just, get, I, I get so happy. I'm like, cool. This is actually from us and it's fine. You know, it's amazing. It's cool. And, and yeah, it's all. And again, I, I know that I touched, I touched so many different points today in terms of like the self-discovery, working on myself, all that stuff, the pitches and everything. But when I look back, was it worthy? Yeah, 100%. You know, I would do everything again. Probably I'll, I'll question myself about, I, w- I would n- never sabotage myself at a hundred percent, probably like at 80% only. I needed that 20%. So I never, I would never get close to the edge how I got it, you know? So that was like the tweak that I would make, but putting all my energy towards business was necessary. Yeah, it was necessary. You know, we would never get here. Like if, if it wasn't that energy, I had to be at a hundred percent or maybe like at 80% like on it. So I don't regret anything. So it's everything is fine and awesome, you know. All right, dude, I'm going to let that be the final statement. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was cool. Did you like it? <laughs> Congrats to all of my guests for making the list. The Fabulist is a labor of love put in motion by me, produced by a team of creatives and enjoyed by you. Our host, well, that's me, Joel Pilger. Sound designer is Eric Singer and the Audio Alchemists at Coop Studios. Senior producer, Jocelyn Arem at Arbo Radico. Special thanks to my partner and good friend, Tim Thompson at RevThink for all of his wisdom. If you appreciate these contributions, be a good human. Give these people a shout out. 
Also, please like and subscribe and tell more creatives in the world about The Fabulists so we can keep telling more of these stories. Until next time, keep on living a better story.